The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the twelfth chapter. One of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and, seeing that Jesus answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and there is no other besides him. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength And to love one's neighbor as oneself is much more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? David himself, in the Holy Spirit, declared... The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. David himself calls him Lord. So how is he his son? And the great throng heard him gladly. This is the gospel of the Lord. Let us now together recite the Ten Commandments, the Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated.
Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, who gives and who strengthens our faith. The word for our sermon this evening are from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 12, that we have just read. You and I ask questions every day. Some of them are not all that important or critical, such as, what's for dinner? Or, did you watch the game yesterday? And while many questions we ask are rather routine and not critically important, there are others we ask at times that are much more significant, such as, will you marry me? Did you get the job? Or is it cancer? These are not everyday questions. These are significant, life-changing questions. Tonight, we continue our Lenten series by considering what took place on Tuesday of Holy Week. Jesus entered Jerusalem amid enthusiastic crowds on Palm Sunday, and then on Monday, he took significant action in, in clearing the temple grounds of the merchants and the money changers. On Tuesday, we are confronted with two very important questions. One that a scribe asked Jesus, and another that Jesus asked the crowds in the temple area. Jesus has just been in a, in a discussion with the Sadducees. The Sadducees are the Jewish clergy who did not believe in a resurrection from the dead. A lone scribe heard what Jesus said to them, and he was impressed. And so this scribe, who probably had painstakingly written down hundreds and hundreds of commandments, things one should do and things one should not do, is now greatly interested in this great teacher. He does not appear to be trying to trick Jesus. He actually wants to hear what Jesus has to say. And so he asks the, the question, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus responds with a two-part answer that is a summary for all of God's law. In verses 29 and 30, he says this. The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Jesus is quoting the Old Testament here, specifically Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. Now notice that the answer here to this question begins not with what we should or should not do. The answer begins with God, with his being, with his essence. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. He is one divine being, and he is the only one, as opposed to all the false gods of the Canaanites throughout the Old Testament, the only true God is one. 
And it is this one true God whom we should love with everything we have. But Jesus is not finished answering the scribe's question. He adds these words from verse 31. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now here again, Jesus is quoting the Old Testament. Here, it's Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. In these two responses, Jesus has correctly summarized all of God's law. If you and I could love the Lord our God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength, seven days a week, 24 hours each day, we would never be in violation of the first three commandments. We would never fail to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. We would never misuse his name. And we would always remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy. But you and I know how feeble and faint our love of God can be at times. You and I know how many times we put ourselves first and God a distant second. And if we could only truly love our neighbor as ourselves, always and perfectly, we would never be in violation of the fourth through the tenth commandments. We would always honor our father and mother. We would never kill, let alone be angry with someone. We would never commit adultery, even in our thoughts. We would never take what belongs to our neighbor. We would never do or say anything that would hurt our neighbor's reputation and good name. And we would never have a passionate desire to have that which belongs to our neighbor. But here again, we come up short. It's not just the outward acts, but the internal sins against our neighbor associated with these commandments that do us in. All of life toward God and toward other people is summarized in these two statements. Loving God with all we have and loving neighbor as self. The good news is that the one talking with the scribe is the one God. He is the one God who came to do what we could never do. He came to fulfill the law of God perfectly and completely. He alone loved God with all his heart and soul and mind and strength. He alone loved his neighbor as himself. In fact, he would lay down his life for his neighbors. Neighbors including you and me. And now, 
Now you and I appear before God in the merits of Christ and in the merits of his cross and in the righteousness of Christ. And we appear as if we had perfectly fulfilled all of God's law ourselves. By God's grace, through faith in Jesus Christ, you and I are now clothed in the perfect obedience of Christ. And therefore, as it says in Romans chapter 8, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But now, Jesus has a significant question of his own. This question would point to the miracle of God becoming man in Jesus Christ. Christ asks this question. How can the scribes say that the Christ is the son of David? The scribes were the experts and the interpreters of the Old Testament for the people. The scribes were correct in teaching that the Christ, the Messiah, would come from the line of King David in the Old Testament. But then Jesus quotes Psalm 110 verse 1, a psalm that David wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit concerning God the Father and the Messiah. And that verse says this. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Here Jesus points out that David himself, David himself called the coming Messiah Lord. David referred to both the Father and the coming Messiah as Lord. So how could this coming Messiah be both the Son and the Lord of David? There is only one answer to that significant question. And the answer was standing right in front of the great crowd of people in the temple that Tuesday. He is the God-man, Jesus Christ. He is 100% God and 100% man. He is the one who was there at the creation of the world with God and was in every way God himself. He is the one who commanded wind and waves to cease and they obeyed. He is the one who healed all types of physical problems, removing them as if they never, ever existed. He is the one who demonstrated his mastery over life and death by raising three people that we know of from death to life once again. And... As we will gather in this space to rejoice and celebrate in a few weeks. He is the one whom death and the grave could not hold. He is the one who rose triumphant from the grave. He was, is, 
and remains David's Lord and our Lord. Or we read this in Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. God the Father has said to David's Lord, Jesus Christ, sit at my right hand. And from that place, from that place of all power and authority, Christ reigns over all creation. From that place, he cares and provides for us. From that place, he has answered all of our significant questions. For this we give great praise and thanks. Amen.
be who can stand alone for sin atone.